Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about how to move forward and build kind of a endurance life and overcoming life in the middle of these crazy seasons. So we have a guest who I was talking to the other day who uh, I was pretty impressed with how he's been processing all this. So I've invited him to be our guest today. So we also, it's a guest rule that the guest has to tell the story or the joke. So our guest today is Ryan Betts. I'm going to let Ryan tell you a little bit about himself in just a moment, but let's start off straight to the story, Ryan. So uh, what do you got for us? Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Of course. Thanks for coming. Yeah. You know, uh, what I love about your podcast is that you guys do this together. You know, it's a father-son bonding thing. And I was thinking a lot about uh, my dad, who I consider my best friend. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. That is awesome. He's been a, an incredible man in my life and a huge inspiration and always been there for me. But he is also probably one of the funniest people I know. <laughs> and he, he's the total Clark Griswold character. Oh, that's oh, hilarious. No. Yeah. And it's, it's followed uh, to me. I have those same genes. And, um, so just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we have a cabin over in Idaho and, uh, it's, uh, it was, it was great. They've been stuck at home. My mom's health isn't always the best. And so they've been trying to stay at home to be safe. And, mm-hmm. um, so we invited them over to this, uh, cabin we have over in Idaho and had a chance to get them away for a family vacation and it was just kind of weird, um, you know, to be taking your parents on vacation after years oh, yeah. of being a kid and going on vacation with your family. And so it just got me thinking about all the trips uh, <laughs> we had as kids, as a family, and, and just uh, all the, the crazy things that would happen. And now, how many kids in your family? It's just my sister and I. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and you're the oldest? I'm the oldest. Well, with okay. that Clark Griswold, two kids is probably enough to take us <laughs> all kinds of all shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, all the Griswold uh, family vacation stuff is going through my head, which we do not endorse those movies for, you know, our lawyer speak. This is not an endorsement of any mm-hmm. of the uh, vacation movies, um, but there's some pretty funny stuff. In there. There's some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's some of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can think of so many uh, occasions. I mean, just to give you an example, um, I think it was on uh, when I was 12 years old for Christmas, uh, my dad got me a mountain bike. Um, but it required assembly, and he decided to put it together himself. <laughs> and I came tearing down our driveway, and I hit the brakes. But rather than them clamping on the tire, they went out instead of in. <laughs> <laughs> so you go flying yeah. through the garage. Door. I hit the garage door at full speed, and that's hilarious. I was out. Yeah, it knocked you out. I was on the ground. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so. he feels terrible, of course. Or was he, he laughing at you? No, yeah, he was he was laughing. Yeah, yeah, he has a good sense of humor. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking uh, when I, I met my wife Amy um, in college, and I think it was our sophomore junior year. My parents were like, "Why don't you know we're going to go down to Sun River? Why don't you bring Amy with us, and we'll have a good time?" And uh, so she came, and um, while we were there, you know, my dad and I we like to golf, but we're both not very good at it, and. Uh, I remember we got uh, hooked up with these uh, two people that were really good golfers, mm. really good. And by the ninth hole, I said to my dad, <laughs> "I think they're done with us. I think. I mean, they're just waiting on us every. T- you right. know, we're driving zigzagging the course, and so we get lunch and we park the cart uh, that we're in at the top of uh, this hill that where you tee off kind of below, and they're they're parked below us, and so we've got a couple of hot dogs and a coke and. Uh, we're sitting there and uh, my dad's got his both his hands full and he's kind of got his legs out the side, but he didn't hit the brake on the <laughs> cart and it starts to roll. Mm-hmm. And before and we could gather everything, right. we hit the back of their cart. <laughs> <laughs> their clubs go flying. Uh, you know, our lunch is everywhere. Yeah. In case they hadn't yeah. had enough of you already, that, that kind of sealed the deal. It was an awkward back nine. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> Kudos for finishing the game. I might have just packed up and... Yeah, I think that's enough. Uh, Oh, look at the time. We have (laughs) to go. Yeah. So, no, that was a great trip. And Amy always reminds my dad of uh, the drive home. Because I don't know if you've ever driven to uh, 
to Bend or Sun River. We did a, on our motorcycle ride this summer. We rode through there. So my first time to go to Bend, and we went out to Sun River. Uh, we were actually looking for a place to pee. You know, and, oh, yeah. in the COVID world, it's hard on a motorcycle. Where do I go pee? Mm. So yeah. we actually, the guys were looking for a place to go, and there wasn't any. But we did a little Sun River tour there Yeah, looking for a bathroom. <laughs> well, hopefully you found a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a two-lane highway then you're familiar yeah, with. Yeah. And my dad got stuck behind some, like, logging truck for... I don't know, at least 100 miles, and oh, wow. it was before there was even CDs. Uh, so we listened to the same mixtape over <laughs> and over and over at like 50 miles an hour. And who had recorded the mixtape? Uh, I think my dad actually put it together, wow. too. Of course, you know, he's yeah. like, hey, I put this tape together for us. Yeah. I think you're going to enjoy it. And by the end, he can't stand it. Bro. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Give me one of the songs on the mixtape. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember. I mean, there was probably some Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Yeah. So he's a classic rock kind of guy. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he liked country music too. That's cool. Yeah. Well, hey, um, today we're going to talk about, I was trying to think of, uh, I had a, a cute little way to describe today's topic. Um, um, faithfully fighting fatigue from, <laughs> from frustrating fiascos in the godforsaken culture. Maybe something like that. Anyway... Uh, that, was, that was impressive. Is that pretty good? Was that right off the top of your head? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was only obvious, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's get to know Ryan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, classic interview question. You're, you're not here for a job, but tell us about yourself. <laughs> um, well, I, I uh, mentioned my wife, Amy. We've been married for 22 years now. Wow. And... We have two kids, uh, our daughter Zoe, who's 13 and in eighth grade, and my son Parker, who's uh, 10, and he's in fifth grade. And um, I grew up in Redmond, Washington. and uh, I love Redmond. You, you, yeah. I went to school in Kirkland, so we, we'd go up there every now and again. And Okay. Good coffee shops and a giant half-price books, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's way different now than when I grew up, up there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, it, what's interesting is when I was eight years old, my parents moved to Washington from California. Oh. Um, my dad always wanted to have horses and property, and they both were kind of tired of the, the, the crazy life of Southern California. And, For sure. Um, moved to Washington without jobs and kind wow. of... Wow. Which I look back now and go, wow, that was a bold move. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> on their behalf. Yeah. But, you know, just following their dream and... My parents are both self-starters. Neither one um, had the opportunity to go to college and um, both just worked very hard in life to to have the success they did to take care of my sister and I. And um, Anyway, um, so grew up in Redmond and, and we had a few acres with horses and all sorts of animals. So you ride horses? Well, I, I was the one who didn't <laughs> like the horses as much. Okay. Uh, yeah, the first year we had horses, uh, my mom was in a really bad uh, accident oh. with the horse and ended up shattering her, her leg, her ankle. And um, and I, I was there when it happened. And I kind of ever since then, like, wow, you know, this, these yeah. are big animals. They and, are big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, my dad would always, we had a huge park with, uh, trails through it next to us and we'd go riding through there. But every time we'd come up this trail, this, the horse I had always would take off and throw me off. And I think after about like the fifth or sixth time I told my dad, that's it. I'm not getting back on the horse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. when he bought you the bike. Right. Exactly. So, anyway. so two kids, where'd you go to college? Um, I went to college at uh, Washington State University. Go Cougs. Okay. Yeah. Careful. Were you an athlete there? <laughs> yeah. I was not. No? No. I grew up um, playing football in high school mm -hmm. and uh, enjoyed that. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to play at some smaller colleges and even walk on at WSU, but I, I chose to not pursue that. And it's one of probably, you know, I don't like to have regrets, but it's one of those things I look back on and wish yeah. I would have had the confidence in myself to, to What do was your it. high school position? I played center. Okay. Offensive line. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I was, uh, you know, a little bit bigger then. <laughs> but center is the, like, if I envy any professional football player the least, that might be the one. Yeah. Looking down, then looking up, right as. Yeah, know, and the biggest yeah. guy on the other team is right over the top of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no thanks. And then if, I mean, the few times that the snap is sticking fumbled, his hands there, it's like, 
Yeah. I'm supposed to pretend this is normal. But yeah. Yeah, it takes some getting used to I it. Bet it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, your career. What do you what do you do for a living? So yeah, right now um vice president of marketing with a local bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can advertise the bank. Go ahead. Oh well, you know. <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't want well, I don't know if they do or oh, not. Okay. But so it's a great local bank. It's a great local bank. Yeah. Yeah. And um I've been there about four years. Um actually uh I mean, part of ending up at the bank is part of my faith journey. Um, and I've shared this with, with Jim, but, you know, about five years ago, I was uh, spent most of my career before that in communications and, and marketing, um, in nonprofit work and fundraising. And uh, I just kind of had hit the wall. And um, I knew I needed to make some changes in my life. Um, Amy and I and, and the family had been going to... Uh, church for a few years, kind of reacquainted to the church mm-hmm. um, life. And um, we just kind of had a, you know, a real, if you will, come to Jesus moment where we had to say to ourselves, is this the foundation and basis for our entire life? Mm-hmm. And if it is, we need to give over our control to that and uh, make some changes. And what triggered that? Is that crisis created? Was life hard? You were confused? Or... Was it just the sobriety of hearing the gospel and being confronted by like, okay, either this is truly the most important thing in life, or what are we wasting our time for? Was it kind of like, what, what was that process? I would say it was a little both. Um, you know, I, 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 I'd mentioned my career and I've, you know, had a lot of different jobs, a casserole of experience, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but descriptive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed all the jobs I've had, and I, I'd been challenged, and I had continued to grow in my career, um, but I had grown frustrated, and I felt like I was striving without the sense of meaning and purpose that yeah. I wanted from yeah. my life. And um, church had started to, as I said, become more and more a part of our life, and um I just was confronted. I started, I found myself kind of depressed. Um, I'm a really positive, upbeat person mm-hmm. and I always believe life is half full. And um, it was, uh, I was, I was just struggling. And mm-hmm. so I started to pray every night harder than I've ever prayed in my life. And I just said, God, I really, I need some, I need you now more than ever. I need to know what your will is for my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, heard him say that you need to simplify things. You need to get back to the basics and remember what matters most, which is my relationship with him and my family. And um, Now let's pause right there. Yeah. you Are you an introspective, self-aware kind of guy by nature, or was this unusual for you to be that introspective? No, I think I'm very introspective. Okay. I think... Yeah, I would have guessed so because I don't I don't meet many guys who have that level of self-awareness and introspection unless there is a catalytic event that cause you know, forces them to. So that's good. Um, We're going to get more into that um, because uh, this is a fascinating part of the story. I happen to have a head start on this. Because the simplification part, when you felt like God was saying, you got to get back to the basics and simplify things, you made a decision to really take that literally and simplify everything. I did. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I knew I needed to to find a new job. And uh, so part of that was uh, at the time I was working in Tacoma and commuting. And uh, that commute was just uh, a bear. And I That's want the, the polite word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted that time back to be with my kids and with my wife. And um, I was willing to do whatever it took. And um, I had had a relationship with uh, some of the people at the bank I work at now and saw that they had uh, an open position. And, uh, but it was, uh, a step backwards quite a bit from where I was at, but I knew it was a good place to be. And the people there were some of the most 
um, authentic, genuine, caring people I know, some of the most caring and giving people. Um, in my nonprofit work, I got to know them um, in that manner. And so I ended up getting uh, uh, the job there. Now, how big a cut was it from where you were? Um, pretty significant. I would say it was a 40 or 50 percent wow, cut in pay and... That's surprising to go from a nonprofit to a bank and, and, and right, yeah. right. It's an interesting. <laughs> I've, I've thought about that quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, Amy was on board with this decision. She was. She knew. Uh, hey, babe, I got this really cool idea. I'm going to take a fifty percent pay cut <laughs> and spend more time with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, she not every wife would dig that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. It depends on how big the. Going from what to what, you know, what yeah. the what is that? Yeah, thing? is like it still guess. able to do this? So, yeah. so then you've got this financial adjustment, but but you're also having this overall overhaul of your way of thinking that you want a simpler life, right? And so part of that was the the time and the simplification there, but also recognizing how were we going to use our resources we did have moving forward, mm-hmm. and we had a you know we had a bigger house. Um, we, um, we were spending, we looked at our budget and we said, does this budget reflect the values in the life we want to live? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think a lot of people probably heard, you know, look at your budget and look how you spend your money and I'll tell you what your priorities are. But, yeah. So between how you spend your money and how you use your time, that'll say a lot. Sure. And that's what we looked at. And so, uh, we decided. And you didn't like what it showed about who you are. Um, it's not that we didn't like it. We just thought it could be done better. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not like we were doing things poorly. Right. It wasn't like we sure. were. You weren't spending way more money than you made. No. But yeah. you just weren't, your values weren't reflected as holistically as you thought they should be. Right. So this comes to the faith journey. We weren't tithing at the time. Mm-hmm. We were very, uh, I would say we were generous in our philanthropic giving, but uh, we weren't tithing and we weren't uh, as generous as we are today, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. So we took the steps to sell our house and downsize and got rid of about, I don't know, so much of our, of our material goods and donated them and uh, downsized everything and moved to a, a townhouse and uh, that doesn't have any yard maintenance and, you know, really, again, gives more of that time back and focus on family. And it's the opposite of your dad going from the, right. the, the ranch <laughs> and stuff and going all the way down to. Totally. And the funny thing now is all my son Parker can talk about is getting a horse. And so <laughs> yeah, what comes around, goes around. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we did. And, you know, we fully um, committed our lives to to um, that Christian foundation and began tithing. And, and that was how long ago? That we moved three years ago in July. Okay. Um, so really in that three to four year windows when you made some significant decisions about changing your life. Yep. Okay. And that's when about I met you was somewhere right in there. You, I think it was just before or just after the townhouse move. Yeah, it was just before. So we'd been going to Evergreen for about a year, year and a half before yeah. then. But we were kind of one of those people that came in, sat in the back row and yeah. left immediately. Yeah. I uh, actually met Ryan. I was serving on a community council for uh, Boys and Girls Club. Yep. And he nice. was also on that council. So I walked in for a meeting and um, I pulled up a chair next to you and I said, hey, I'm Jim. And you said, I know. And I said, what do you mean you know? And he said, well, as soon as I heard your voice, because you had been listening to podcasts before you ever came to the church. Oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. And so he said, as soon as I heard your voice, I realized who you were. And uh, so that's how we met, and I was instantly uh, impressed with you and wanted to know you more. Tell us what, how has 2020 impacted you? What has been the impact? Because you had this three years ago uh, recalibration of your life. You're working the same job now that you downsized to, although it's grown. You've got promotion after promotion, so now yeah. you're back to some earning levels. Are you back to where you were or higher? Yeah, I'm actually a little bit ahead. So okay, so so I'm that in three years. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And um, so um, so you're cruising along. Yeah. 2020 hits. COVID in March. What was the impact? What has that done to you? What has this business season been like for you, just as a man? Um, yeah, I think um, I was just talking to Amy about this. 
I think the hardest part was the the feeling, the sense of loss of um, some of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, for for those three years, we uh, really started to get involved in the church, and we uh, moved from the back row to the front row. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they were they are front row Joes. I mean, they're on the front row. <laughs> yeah, that's I'd never even do that <laughs> unless it's like Christmas or something, and all the family's up there. But yeah, yeah. You want to know the real reason? You can stretch your legs out. <laughs> it's pretty comfortable up there, and no one wants to sit up there, so you got lots of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, now they're going to be taken once we get back. Right, right. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that that loss of community has been really hard. And, you know, we we made a lot of intentional efforts over the last few months to try and stay connected with people. But for those three years, I felt like relationships were growing and and kind of blossoming in many ways. And kind of plentiful. Right. Yeah. And over the last six months, it's been really hard to to make that happen still yeah, as hard sure. as you try. Yeah. John, what was the, how would you describe the, the COVID black lives matter, political election year, the whole package, what has been the impact on you? Uh, the bigger impact is def impact is definitely uh, COVID for, for me personally. I know Olympia had some of the, the protesting going on, mm-hmm. but, but I feel like the, the greater 2020, um, catastrophe mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. hasn't been as impactful specifically covid so uh and in particular i've probably been less effective at the community building relationship building things i would like to be so that was less of a of a step back in my routine and kind of and kind of my growth than uh regular scheduled um uh just church services so like we were, we were going to the wednesday night uh worship right. service every wednesday and then the and then sundays and so just that um, dependable you know, schedule, yeah. yeah, yeah, of the, especially uh, Wednesdays is always very powerful. And so losing that, then the, you know, the balls in my court mm-hmm. and it really was the whole time anyways, that, that, that's the kind, it's kind of, of the aha part, right? That's the, it was the illusion uh, that it was not <laughs> in my court the whole time. And so that's been the big growth through all this is making those moments myself, um, uh, and we've actually another growth point has been through community is is when even though we we kind of failed to do that with regular with seeing these people all the time uh, through you know recent initiatives like uh, Oiko Church at, at Evergreen uh, just just basically little small home churches where we stream the service uh, for those unaware uh, we've now actually you know there's been some good growth connection yeah. in, in community now uh, I read an article that talked about. Um, that one of the reasons anxiety is so much higher and it was already high in our country. It was, I would call that an epidemic prior mm. to COVID, but now it's even amped. Uh, suicides are escalating people uh, right now in our city. If you're looking for a counselor, almost none of them can get you in until spring. I mean, they are. Booked. Yeah. And big uh, drug use. I a lot that. of drug use increase. Yeah. So I was reading this article that talked about how uh, prior to the technology explosion, um, you only had to manage the burden of the crises that were in your small world. You knew about your friends going through a divorce or you knew about somebody having cancer or you knew about a fire in the neighborhood or mm-hmm. a robbery, but uh, that's all you managed. And, and God kind of equipped us where we could handle that level, that volume of crises. But now because of information and technology, we are... Uh, in some ways, bearing the burden of crises all around the world. And so Minneapolis blowing up because of protests or people in Portland beating down buildings, that has an emotional effect on us because we're just piling on all of this crisis intensity and you weren't designed to handle that volume. You Mm. were designed to handle a more local uh, volume. I thought that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Have you had, would you say you've had a, an, an increase in any of your emotional states, uh, an intensification of either um, like an anxious worry, uh, any of that, has that been a part of your journey or not? Uh, not a, um, an anxiety increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I realized when I was recapping it earlier, it was definitely all like, uh, oh, this has been great for me. Yeah, it's, a, not... it's an introvert's dream. Right. Like, I've been preparing this my whole life. But that was not the case. I, uh, I don't know. I'm probably not introspective enough to know if I if I was depressed or or mm-hmm. however, but mm-hmm. it was uh, I was uh, very 
I guess, kind of hopeless for a big chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just kind of mopey. Self- a little numb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little numb, self-pitying kind of stuff. So that was big, definitely at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of been normalized. Um, so so not too bad on that end. Yeah. But. So, Ryan, you said uh, the, commun- the connection, the community part. Was there any other uh, re- uh, response for you to um, emotional intensity or any of that kind of feeling of loss of control? I think that's been my biggest is, holy cow, uh, simple little things have been taken from me. Um, how many people I can gather with or where I can go or how we do church. Just so many, you know, even weddings and funerals and just feeling like things are being taken. And I've come to t- realize for me recently that the biggest issue I'm frustrated by is the lack of control. Hmm. But that took me a long time to figure that out. What's been your story through that in terms of, has there been any of, uh, since you're introspective and reflective, has there been an impact in that? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think the hard thing for me is to uh, to see the people who have been struggling. I mean, like you talked about, um, I think, you know, we saw on the news all the people that are being impacted by COVID. Mm-hmm. I think um, at first I, I probably was taking in too much content, like you just said, yeah. and it was really um, having an impact on me emotionally, I think, I just internally. Um, cause early on you're hearing about freezer trucks behind the hospitals in New York and they got bodies stacked out there for a portable morgue and things, uh, things got bad fast in certain parts of the world. Right. And then, you know, uh, as, as this has gone along and you've, you, we now have uh, a lot of other issues stacked on top of it with social justice and other things. And I think, um, processing and seeing like, what is the responsibility of me as a Christian mm-hmm. in this world, how am I to uh, make a difference and help those who are hurting, mm-hmm. help those who um, whose families have lost jobs as a, as a uh, because of COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, there's been so uh, many things our country and our community have had to deal with in such a compact time frame, like you mentioned. And we're, we have access to all that information too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where do I begin? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm reading a book right now and there was a sentence that popped out in, in it to me and it just said, you know, you just got to do what's in front of you today. And um, that's really helped me kind of just with prioritizing, okay, what's happening right now with my neighbors, with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers, where am I seeing a need and how can I Help yeah. meet that. Andy Stanley says, uh, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a sense. Well, because you, you look at everyone and you go, what could I possibly do to help? Well, just do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I find that pretty, pretty helpful. I've also had an aha about the social justice impact. You know, I grew up in Texas and in the Dallas area, there was a lot of racial diversity. I grew up uh, with a real firm family grip on um, uh, equal for all and very, um, uh, very engaged, uh, in that way, as much as, as much as a white guy can be, you know, whatever. But when you spend so much time, Montana, and then here where the population is predominantly white bread, you don't realize how lazy or ignorant you become. And the big aha statement for me was, it's not enough to say, I'm not a racist. A believer needs to say, I'm anti-racism. And that was a that was a big aha for me. So mm-hmm. we could drift into that. Uh, but, yeah, that but that's a big topic. It is. Yeah. It is a big topic. Um, so uh, as you sought to have balance and health, and did you try anything that proved not helpful? Like when you when you start grasping, was there anything you tried was like, well, that's not helping? Yeah. Um, I laugh because I think I've been sitting way too much. You know, I started the year off like I'm going to exercise. This is going to be a great year. And um, I actually did pretty well. And even through COVID, I was doing pretty good at mm-hmm. getting out. And I, I tried to run like a couple miles, you know, every few days. And But that's died off. And um, yeah. The sitting. So, I so, never I never thought I could get sore from sitting down all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's its own a 2020 problem. It is. That's hilarious. 
Yeah, I mean, now I it sits so much, you stand up and every joint pops, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. So yeah. so I would, no, really, uh, you know, I need, I, I think I recognize the, the need to get up and get moving more and to also um, be focused on not staying on electronics and screens and reading the news and, yeah. you know, falling into some of that. Yeah, because you could just get buried in that. Yeah. The other thing for me was eating. I, I, I amped up my uh, my elk prep for the winter. Uh, they call it a, you know COVID's not a blizzard; it's a it's a it's a winter. So I've been bulking up for the winter. <laughs> and, uh, that COVID nineteen, you know, turned into like nineteen pounds almost kind of thing. And well, it's funny you bring up blizzard because we did a lot of dairy corn. So. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, well we're about reaching halftime. Do okay. you want to do? Uh, a show and tell, and then we'll do. Yes, yes, commercial. I do. I have a great <laughs> show and tell, and I'll I'm gonna walk you through it. This item is I'm gonna say uh, four inches wide and eight inches tall. It is actually made of cardstock and folded in half. It's one of my prized possessions, actually, mm. and it was handmade for Father's Day. And given to me by a really cute, pudgy little boy. You have to remind you <laughs> of this, and I didn't on purpose. I know you didn't. So uh, oh, it, it says, Happy Father's Day on the front with a little cute red heart that was drawn and colored. And then I, at the time, I owned a green Jeep Wrangler. And so there's a, I suppose this is a Jeep. It's not, <laughs> doesn't really look like one, but uh I think you realized, John, that it didn't look like one because you wrote underneath it your Jeep with an arrow to it. And then, uh, and then is this me on the front, right? No, that's me. That's you? Yeah. So a picture of Jonathan Drew of himself with glasses. You look pretty muscular and thin in this drawing, which was not the case at the time in your life. Uh, you are. I mean, at least I had a good image of myself. I you guess. did. That, that, that was, was self-image. Yeah. Then on the inside, first flap is, Dad, I love you so much. Happy Father's Day. Three exclamation points and a big red heart colored in with a red Sharpie. But here's my favorite part is John Drew, a connect the dots. Of I think this is me and your mom. I couldn't tell you. And my memory hard to and back so he wrote connect the dots c o n e c t the dots, but the dots are so close together <laughs> that there's no need to connect them. You can see clearly what it is. The dots are like uh, an eighth of an inch apart, uh, maybe even less. I don't even know. I can't. I don't know measurements, but. Um, you can, t- I never did connect the dots because it's so obvious what they are and it's me and mom holding hands, stick figure us. And then on the back, a little heart that says love Jonathan in there. So I'll definitely put pictures of this. This one's going nowhere. This is you going to use your imagination. This, <laughs> these pictures will go on the blog and, and, uh, and, and on Instagram because this is a classic. Uh, it did get wet on one spot. So on the front cover, there's a little damage to the drawing, but um, this truly is John. I don't remember. I don't have any idea how old you were when you drew this. Probably I like could go 12. back to the green Jeep because <laughs> no, you weren't twelve. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I was guessing five or six, but um, your, a lot of writing. Yeah, your sister said no way. He wasn't writing like that at five or six, so they were guessing seventeen. But <laughs> 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 anyway, it is one of my prized possessions. Thank you again for my Father's Day card, John. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, let's do yeah. our commercial break. Maybe we'll be right back. Never since. Yeah, but, really. Yeah. Okay, we'll see you in a few minutes. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. 
All right, welcome back. Uh, I think we haven't touched on a lot of the more uh, home stuff for COVID. So you you said you have two school age kids, uh, and then since what? Since May or March, they've been they've been home since March. Yeah, they've been home. How has that been? Been pretty good. Um, they're amazing kids. They're very resilient, but. Um, <laughs> My son has taken a liking to video games, and mm. uh, that's been a habit that's um, been tough to break of him. Yeah, and it's been a great thing for him in the sense that he's been able to stay connected with his friends through it. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't have anything like that as a kid, mm-hmm. so um, he—that's how they've socialized um, sure. during that time. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's gotten into that. But my daughter, you know, they they they're very creative kids. I mean, they they're they've started cooking, they've started trying new things. Uh, they've been reading quite a bit. We've watched a lot of movies as a family. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they've done really well, and they've been excited to get back to school here this week, uh-huh. yeah. um, just to even see their friends on Zoom and to uh, to be doing something different and new. Uh, I think I think something to challenge them some more. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'm having an aha moment here because um, three years ago, four years ago in that window, you were having this, hey, get back to the basics, uh, get things simplified. You're you're making this too complicated. Simplify it. And it occurs to me that was also your approach as you wanted to bring some order back to your COVID, whatever the season. I don't like to call it just a COVID because it's way bigger than that. Yeah. Walk, walk through some of that. Like what what have what have you done to really calibrate this season you're in? Yeah, I think that loss of community was a reminder of the importance of our faith is that relationship, that one-on-one relationship we have with God. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I probably neglected that uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I we definitely have, I've been working on my faith journey and I, I, you know, we've talked a lot. I spend a lot of time. I do a lot of reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I want to be a better person um, each and every day, mm-hmm. but I think I got lost in um, the busyness of life. Um, and I think that's one of my biggest fears is that the insignificant becomes significant. And that's what I started to realize through the last few months and that um, it was about that relationship with God and praying more and having conversations um, with the Holy Spirit and um, deciding that, um, you know, there were things I liked about COVID, the simplification, but realizing we didn't need a pandemic for me to reprioritize. <laughs> so I'd really like things to get back to normal, yeah. but I'm not going to adopt some of the things I was doing before. You again. want your new normal to be a different normal. I do. And um, it, it, yeah, definitely. So relationship with God. And did you self-teach um, this interactive interactive relationship with the Holy Spirit, this kind of conversational back to you and God having a real relationship was that natural to you did you how did you develop that yeah i think it is um i um have always felt god's presence in my life um you know i grew up went to first and second grade in, in catholic school um and my parents were involved in the church and then when we moved to washington as i mentioned we kind of lost touch with the church and it wasn't until I was an adult with kids that I really got back to that. But I always felt his presence. And I, you know, there's been many a times in, in my marriage and in my life where God was there and I didn't see it. Um, but he did some amazing things. Has Amy's journey paralleled yours? Cause you, you, you're saying you didn't really get back into faith until after married and kids. Yes. So was that turn at the same pace for her or were you at different paces? I would say we're, we keep pretty steady with each other. Mm-hmm. She's just as driven by this as I am. Um, but we'll take turns, you know, like where <laughs> she'll be further ahead at, in times with, mm-hmm. with, and just say amazing things and help our relationship in ways I, I could never imagine and vice versa. I know I do the same for her and mm-hmm. that's what I love about our, our marriage Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I I would say one of the things that, I mean, 
I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, you've been a a huge influence, Jim, in our life as a family and Mm -hmm. and for Amy and I, just in uh, the wisdom you've shared and the inspiration you provide. And um, just even um, the messages you've shared over the last six months have really helped uh, recalibrate us and remind us of what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I shared this with you earlier, but you you talked about a sermon about sin and how I is in the middle of sin and um, how I started to look at, well, the S for me is selfishness and the N is negativity. And uh, typically when I'm falling into that sin pattern, I'm looking back and it's a, it's a selfish thing that I'm, I'm either doing or it's um, I, I tend to have a negative bend or um, thinking on something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I started to realize those patterns um, during the last six months and said, you know, that needs to change. And, um, and so that was really helpful. And so then I kind of came up with this concept of, of the idea of one. So, you know, there's the audience of one. So the, the idea that, you know, it is about that relationship with God and that's, that's first. And the idea of win the day, you know, and, 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 you know, we talk about mammon and, and, and just having bread for the day. And so it's just about thinking about and doing what's in front of me today and not worrying what's past yeah. that. And then the other part of that first is the, being the first um, to step forward. So when I see someone, I want to be the first that says hi. I want to be the first to to step forward and, and help my kids or my family. So um those have been the, I've kind of put that under the umbrella of one, but that's been a real focus of mine here mm. recently. It's very uh, purposeful, which I think is kind of necessary to do anything really productive now when your schedule kind of falls apart. You have to have, you said both your parents are self-starters. Clearly it, it carried on because that all is, uh, that's very hard for me to do specifically is to, is to um, initiate. Uh, organize and initiate in that, in that way. That's impressive. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so one, your, your, your idea was one. Yep. I need to be one with God. I need to win this day. So one day, one day at a time and then be the, be the one, be the one, be first to step forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That dog will hunt. <laughs> 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 yeah. I like that a lot. How are you feeling about life after COVID and after the election? You're a positive person. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to be selfish or negative. Um, Do you find yourself with optimism? Do you find yourself um, with any sense of concern, worry? You know, where are you at as you look at the fall, as you look at the election time, uh, vaccines showing up or not showing up, blah, blah, blah. Where are you at? I'm concerned with the health and well-being of our country right now, um, just in the state of affairs. I think, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure it out and there's a lot of hurt happening and there's a lot of um, divisiveness happening. Um, and I think that's been a struggle for me is to see um, even the politics coming into the church and um, just really wanting as believers to step away from the politics and just look at the human need mm-hmm. and how can we fill the human need mm-hmm. that exists in our communities. And um, that's been something I've really struggled with. Um, I think you guys did a podcast a while ago about like, um, you know, how much should Christians give? Like, you know, should you just be living in um, poverty and giving everything you have? Mm-hmm. Um, there's stories of that in the Bible where God does ask people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there... Um, are a lot of people who are of great wealth that continue to live that way, but transform lives in incredible ways. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's not one way of going about it. And just as if we're all different and our DNA is very different, there's a reason for it. And we each have a role to play. And I just wish and hope that our country will come to see that uh, we're working towards many of the same goals. We have many of the same human needs. Um, we just need to get there by um, looking at the things we do have in common. And um, yeah. What's your takeaway from what he just said? Yeah. So I think uh, uh, my takeaway, you know, you said that uh, focusing on like the human element. So, uh, you know, not necessarily getting wrapped up in, in the political kind of 
complications of it, but we're focusing on the needs. So again, what you do, uh, I forget the exact wording, but but what you would do for everybody, do it for for the one guy. Right, right. Kind of kind of focusing on really really the uh, humans who are in your life that you know their names, not like the big you know the the force for the trees, I guess. Uh, I think that that's a big takeaway. Uh, also, the it's just so hard to even imagine after COVID, right? Like if right. that even. Who knows what the world when when this is no longer an issue like like when you're not afraid of walking outside and getting sick. Yeah, is there going to be a pandemic right behind this one? Yeah, or what does life even look sure. like at that point? Like yeah. like again, the new normal. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. So for me, I get so wrapped up around that where it's hard to even imagine what what we do after this. But I think using that as kind of a compass, uh, uh, and really a lot of things you said using those as a compass, where, where you're not like like even just focusing on this day. You know, you don't need to get wrapped around the axle on you know, six months from now, because you're, 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 uh, you're dealing with today's challenges and the letting the next day worry for itself. And what I love too, is the idea that, uh, let's, let's focus on human beings. It's easy to focus on issues, politics, uh, uh, perspectives and views, and that becomes more important than human beings. And, um, really, if we could, if we could say, Hey, this person who's really furious and screaming and yelling, um, they need to matter to me. And whatever it is that's hijacked them needs to matter to me. But uh, if we could if we could respond by, hey, you're a human being, I care about that. And if people could respond to each other that way, I think, I think that takes uh, a lot of the aggression off the table. And... Um, it, it for me it's 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 like it's helping me realize where to look don't mm. don't look at the at the uh don't look at the politics don't look at the division don't look at the differences look at the person and be a person and I'll let them be a person and care about human beings i think that's a that's a really Again, your your theme is simplify, simplify. You know, this is this doesn't need to be complicated, so keep it simple. And um, that that is that that strikes me as a as a simplifying way to navigate. Yeah, and I feel like you you do that for our church community a lot. Uh, there was something you said when you were introducing the Oiko Church idea a few weeks ago that you said there'll be plenty of time to to worship in heaven. There'll be plenty of time to read the Bible and know God's word. But our job now in this world is to change it, Mm -hmm. to be a positive change agent in people's Mm -hmm. lives. And that really stuck with me. And um, and that's, to me, the significant we need to focus on and not the other insignificant things that we can get wrapped up in. And Yeah. Yeah, that's great. John, you have a final question you want to ask or uh, a summary of your takeaway from this conversation? No, I think that was uh, uh, that was mostly it. Again, I'm uh, uh, impressed with the, the organization of your kind of um, growth during this. Uh, I think I have the tendency to to grow in more chaotic ways and less productive ways where I'm kind of, I'm back learning the same lessons multiple times. So mm. uh, I think it's definitely something I could work on and uh, um, I think it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a. I would say that this is a a COVID success story. If I, yeah, yeah. If we, yeah. If, if there is such a thing, this would be one. I guess. Yeah, and I, that's a great point, John. Because I think, um, I think every scenario in the world, however brutal or harsh it might be, also carries with it unique opportunities. Yeah. And if we can look at the opportunities, and right now the opportunities in front of us are to learn some self-management, learn how to bring order to our hearts and minds when the world doesn't give it to us. Uh, You learn to go after community when it doesn't just happen for you. You felt the same way. You know, I have Mm -hmm. this schedule and now I have to, I have to create this on my own now because I can't just show up to it. Right. And so uh, there's some opportunities in front of us and hopefully I have to say I'm an eternal optimist. I was always said if I'm down to my last 10 bucks, I'll go buy a new wallet because it's about to be full again at some point. <laughs> I always feel that way. And yet as I look at November, December, I'm concerned. My optimism is fading. But I think these are the kinds of things that if, in fact, it becomes a difficult season for our nation with the rollout of vaccines, with the election of a president that could be tumultuous, uh, if we can focus on these simple things one day at a time, 
care about the people in front of you, be the be the answer you you know the world needs. I think I think that kind of simplicity can really help, and it gives you that. Uh, it feeds my need for control because I can control that. I can control what I do and I can control my mouth and I can control what I stare at. And that brings me calm. Awesome. And do you have a takeaway? I know it's, it was mostly your content. (laughs) Yeah, no, but well, my takeaway, first, I just want to thank you for having me. And, um, you know, I shared before we got started that I've, I've listened to every one of your podcasts and, um, I just uh, I gain something new every week from the conversations you have, and I admire the relationship you have as you know um, father and son, and that you can have these conversations and be example to other families out there. Um, I saw a graphic the other day, and it said change this, and it was your heart, and then you change it here, and it was a house, and that's your family, mm-hmm. and and then you change it here, and then it was a picture of the globe, you know, so. I think it's so true. And that's kind of my takeaway here is that you guys are providing um, hope and wisdom and strength to people who are listening. And that's going to change individual lives in houses in our community here. And when those houses are made whole and happy and healthy, then then the world becomes a better place. So um, and see, there he goes again. It's so natural to you, Ryan, to just boil it down to the simple building blocks because it keeps you focused. And that's what you just did there again. If I can if I can calibrate my own heart, stay healthy, if I can feed a really good, healthy family, then I have something with which to contribute to the world. And uh, man, I, I, I'm a, what do we got to come up with a nickname for him? <laughs> it's not Mr. Simplicity because that would be... Yeah, oh, he's know, so simple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the priority guy. Priority guy. We gotta have a name. We'll come up with a name for you. Okay, we'll have something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, Ryan, thanks for your time, and uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, As always, we'd love to have some feedback from you. Info at jimandjohn dot com. No H in the John. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, our uh, Instagram at uh, Jim and John. You can either private message message us there or comment on our post for the week. Uh, either way, we'd love to hear from you, and thank you so much for listening. And watch for that Father's Day card, because pictures are coming. It is not going anywhere. <laughs> that is a great card. <laughs> Have a great day.